Happy Monday. It's Meadow here, jumping in without my better half today for this intro because Gabby is off gallivanting in New York. But I am so excited about today's episode. I have been waiting to introduce the entire TMV familia to my soul sister, Michaela. And today's the day. If you have been around TMV since the beginning, you definitely know who she is. Michaela Cunningham is our resident mental health professional and head witch in charge, and even a graphic design queen who helped us with a very special project that y'all will be hearing about next week. But today, Michaela graced us with her immeasurable knowledge on two main topics, sobriety and spirituality. So Michaela works at the Student Behavioral Health Incentive Program at NAMI San Diego. NAMI, if you're unfamiliar, is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. It's the nation's largest grassroots nonprofit that supports folks and their families with mental health challenges. And she got into this work as a direct result of her path with sobriety. She is so amazing and scary smart, and I'm so excited for y'all to hear how she has moved through her own experiences to come to be just such a role of support for others. In this episode, we spoke a lot about sobriety, substance use disorder, and harm reduction. We also touched on everything from ways people can best support their friends and family members struggling with substances, where you can get Narcan and why everyone should have some, and the philosophy of harm reduction. And then we moved into some fun spirituality things and talked about spirituality's role in healing, making spirituality inclusive and conducive to mental health support while still honoring where so many of these traditions come from and even got into unpacking spirituality as a means of distraction and not healing because I know I've been there. Also, as per usual, y'all asked some of the most amazing questions ever for Michaela on our Instagram. And so we did a whole deep dive Q&A further into these two topics, sobriety and witchiness over on Patreon. And that's already live on there. So if you love this episode and want to dive into it further, come on over to Patreon. Michaela is about to be a very friendly face over there and is going to start doing some of these tarot mental health readings for us. She also so kindly offered to read people's birth charts. So you can find out everything more about her in the description. And Michaela has our episode description stacked with amazing resources. Be sure to check them out. And without further ado, please meet my sister, Michaela. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Hi. I did that, by the way, that exact same high that just came out of my mouth. I did when we were going to bed the other night and Zoe was walking out of the bathroom and it was pitch black and I didn't realize how creepy it sounded coming out of me and I was like hi and he was like hi literally net like I will break up with you if you do that again. don't ever do that again so don't hi. scare me like that again hi hello welcome to the pod Michaela Michaela hi guys I mean how many times have I referenced Michaela's name on this podcast it's become and oh, now so you're many. finally here it's become a drinking oh. game it is absolutely a drink if you have not listened back to like season one and two in its entirety please go and take a shot of aloe vera every time I say Michaela told me <laughs> Michaela told me is Meadows version of me saying I went to Hoffman <laughs> yeah oh, it totally 100%. is if we make TMV Literally. bingo like one of the first things there tell me why both you and I like fix everything before we start recording, adjust our microphone. Then, the minute the camera turns on, we're like, oh, this is so low. I can't. And we start fucking adjusting all of our mic. <laughs> no, I, I literally have to do it again. So I'm going to stop talking because Kay's going to kill me for talking over it. Basically, if you have not gone back through and played TMV bingo and discovered who Michaela is by now, Michaela is essentially, I, I honestly just call you like my god sister at this point. Yeah. You're like my adopted god sister. We are family. Tell the story how we really, became family. <laughs> Yeah, you really <laughs> weaseled your way into my life. <laughs> Michaela was my like first friend coworker back at NAMI when I worked at NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, nation's largest grassroots nonprofit to support, educate, and advocate for mental health issues. She's still there. Gosh, what was it? Like a couple weeks into my yeah. job or something like that. Michaela like invited me somewhere and was like, let's be friends. And I was like, I'm not friends with people that I work with. <laughs> <laughs> was Meadow. going into a new job. Yeah. No, so mean. I was going into a new job and just like really wanted to set boundaries because I've had work. You know how it gets with work. Sometimes it's weird. And I was just coming out of like a weird thing. It was like so rude. And Michaela was like, bet I'll be your sister then. And yeah. really just like my whole family has adopted her. You are mm-hmm. com- entrenched into my yeah. life. Mom's and it was the mom. best thing you ever did. It mom really is. Mom. is. You are more like my mother than your mother. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Heather. <laughs> Shout out Heather. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Wait, I love that. Is your mother's name Heather? Yeah. That yeah. was the first person Meadow called that. to get a job in San Diego. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Heather's the reason why I got the job. Where yeah. she met Aaron. So you're welcome mm-hmm. is what Michaela's yeah. saying to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Heather's <laughs> been telling Michaela every day, like, so are they engaged yeah. yet? And, you know, we finally got to give her the news. So that was yeah. fun. Oh my God. That's so sweet. And also now you've just become the resident everything we ever need yeah. behind the scenes person. I'm for the really podcast. good at Googling things. <laughs> yeah. Michaela is the unspoken TMV number one's employee. Yeah. That you don't, that I just exploit you. <laughs> but no, we're also you're like, go ahead. What? No, you go oh, ahead. You're, see, here's the thing. Gonna... Okay. Okay keep this in or edit it if you want because sometimes people like when Meadow and I fight not that this is a fight <laughs> but right now my internet is bad so Meadow's blurry so I can't see when Meadow's about to start talking you're both blurry yeah for you're me. very blurry for me too yeah great great mm-hmm. great great this is gonna go real smooth great can't wait also we're all three the same where we're excited and come from trauma and talk over each other as a love language so it's gonna feel very TMV season one and now Mahal's yelling because she can feel Michaela's energy yeah I love Mahal do you? Hey, okay. We all know she's your number one friend of me. I recognize her Grinch feet anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Michaela is going to be a little bit more known soon with our secret project that's coming out in a couple weeks. Oh, she sure project. is. So Michaela's oh going to get a little weeks. more. Mm-hmm. I know. I yeah. Know. Wow. I really need to more finish TMB my part of it today. Night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Michaela, when you and I met, that was when we were, you read my chart. Yeah. That was before you guys started TMV. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. You yeah. were doing those Instagram lives. Oh my God. It was so long ago. Should yeah. we talk about it? Yeah. Should Shout we talk? Shout out TBT. Yeah. So long ago. Wait, no. Meadow, wasn't it when we were, I was already living here and we were mm-hmm. at you and a who's apartment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. On so I, oh my God, I was still doing the lives. Yeah. We were, yeah. but we were talking about the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We, we were like in the work. Yeah. What was the first thing you thought, Michaela, when you read Gabby's chart? I was... Also, Aaron, please come get this dog. <laughs> I'm trying to record a podcast. Hi, AB. Thank you. Hi, AB. They say hi. My first impression of your chart was bad bitch energy. Kind of intimidating <laughs> until I met you. And I was like, you have a lot of... Like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. You're still a bad bitch. And zero bite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please Mm -hmm. go tell that to my boyfriend because that's his number one commentary is like you are all bark no bite (laughs) like I tell him stories I tell him like such like close the yearbook sister type of stories Mm -hmm. and like he's like but did you do anything you're like no like but I wanted to I didn't actually (laughs) but if you ask me what I would have done I have the perfect line Mm -hmm. yeah I'm like I've said it in the shower (laughs) 200 times to myself You won the argument in your head. 10 out of 10 every single time. <laughs> Which already shows like how good of a witch Michaela is that she kn- she like knew exactly who <laughs> yeah. you were. The second she, she was like, oh, got it. Say less. Which by the way <laughs> is not something that people would know until they actually know me because it comes right? off as mm-hmm. bark. Period. Yeah. Not yeah. that much anymore. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. No, you're kind of, you've slowly become a crybaby wimpy with us. Yeah. Now. You've really I'm grown through this marshmallow. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is self-development. She's like, you were an asshole and now you're asshole adjacent yeah it's great listen i tell meadow every time i listen to one of these episodes i align myself more and more with you oh my god she does actually yeah Yeah. she's like i'm less of a meadow and more of a gabby now and i was like honestly that adds up for you listen i have become i'm not even mashed potatoes anymore i am like watery (laughs) put me through a strainer (laughs) no one knows what's happened to me I post it. Okay. I'm literally the TMV TikTok that I posted today of like the girl where she's like, when I'm reading my vows and like all my yeah. girlfriends are there oh, and yeah. I'm like, sorry, I had to break mm-hmm. character for a second. Like that's yeah. my whole identity right now. And then the other one you posted that Michaela immediately oh sent to me was when you're the, the youngest person in an office. That mm-hmm. was Michaela yes. to me at our job yeah. every single day. That was her. Mm-hmm. That was her role in my life yeah. at NAMI. Meadow, I think you need that. Forever, she does. Though. I, I will sell that why I make Michaela do everything for me forever. Yeah, <laughs> you Michaela are. keeps yeah. young. Because if you don't know, Meadow's actually a 75 yeah. year old mm-hmm. person. I, they and have a 29 year old body. They do. Which they is, figured me out. Yeah. I love the dichotomy that is Meadow because on one hand, you're a 75 year old. And on the other hand, you are the most technologically savvy <laughs> human beings I've ever met in my life. Well, compared to you, baby. <laughs> I know. It's true. It is fun to like impress you in that way because I'm sure to the general public it would be like like Michaela's like this. That's the funniest thing you've ever said. But between us, it is really fun Mm -hmm. to impress. I don't know. Like between us, Meadow Mm -hmm. is Steve Jobs. Like Meadow comes over and I'm like, "Are you an innovator?" (laughs) 
That's Michaela to me that I am to you. Like, this is the only mm-hmm. way I can do that to you. It's so, so the long so con cool. is Meadow learns things from Michaela, doesn't tell me that they're from Michaela. And oh, does totally. It Always. Uh-huh. Always. My entire spirituality and psychology combination and life path is because Michaela has taught me things and I've embedded <laughs> them into my identity and made them mine. Oh my God. I like, can't wait to talk about my all It's funny that because stuff. I forget that I teach you these oh. things. So I'm like, wow, Meadow's a genius. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really do. Like, you taught me that. Okay, well, if you can't tell, Michaela is our resident mental health professional and supreme witch. And so we're mm-hmm. going to cover both dichotomies of your personality today. Need to really get back in because I, yeah. I, got, I got lost there for a second in, in Michaela's eyes. <laughs> we're already okay. too excited. Michaela, we, Kay's going to hate. Do you know what I was just doing the entire time I was talking? I was moving the microphone forward and back. Kay, I'm so sorry. Kay's going to kill us this episode already. Shout out to Kay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to leave it in place. Michaela, as you know, or maybe you don't because it's okay if you don't listen to anything (laughs) that we ever say we start (laughs) by unpacking yes Michaela tell us what are you currently unpacking so it's really funny because I've been unpacking this probably since I was at Meadows house like a few weeks ago I am learning how to be self-aware and I'm trying to be okay with being self-aware and that's not something I like to do. The tarot reading that we did when we hung out was all about like, okay, this year you're going to learn how to deal with yourself and then you're going to come into your own power, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Kind of everything we had talked about that day came back into this 2023 tarot spread we did, which was was uncanny. It was basically about how she was going to go through some hardships Mm -hmm. right at her birthday do that thing where you learn something the hard way and really level up and every step mm. sense is going to be like the way you own your power will lead to this and then this and then this and then and like snowball into where you can yeah. go when you own it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty badass. Oh, that's so cool. But you come off very self-aware. So can you explain yeah. just a little bit further what you mean I was when very you say yeah. self-aware? So I yeah. think it's something that you guys have talked about before is like when you talk about things that you've already processed, like your trauma that you're comfortable talking about. The way that I'm self-aware is because Mm -hmm. I've already overthought that so many times. I've dissected it in therapy. It's fine. But being present in the moment is like one of the grossest feelings. Like I just get the creepy crawlies. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's terrible. I hear you. She's a big distraction. I say I have my Mercury's in Pisces and that's the reason that I do this. But I think it's just the trauma. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the trauma. trauma. Yeah, It's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. It all boils yeah, down to just the trauma. Yeah. Wow. Wait, that, that's a huge mm-hmm. fucking distinction. That's really yeah. cool because I would never categorize that as you being not self-aware though. Mm-hmm. Like well, I that's the maybe... irony is that's a very self-aware yeah. way I'm to look at your yeah. own willingness to I be self-aware. in yeah. the present. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, I'm like, be here now. So is that just being more mindful? Yeah. And be comfortable with it, I think is the big part of it because I will go into anything to just escape like reality, whether it's like TV. I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about this later, but like substance use, that was the reason that I started using. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Even like spirituality was the thing for me to escape into for a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's let's swan dive into that then, Michaela, because I want to start with the mental health professional yeah. side and like how you even like with Heather got involved with NAMI and kind of like your story up until that time as much as you're in your own voice, as much as for you're sure, willing to sure. share. People that don't know, in your own voice is a program <laughs> at NAMI where you share your story. So that was a joke. Yeah, Meadow us. used to oversee it. <laughs> you had to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, just nonprofit nonprofits. Things. You're a nonprofit dropout now. <laughs> I, yeah. Nonprofit dropout. We should make it a song. So I got involved with mental health when I was probably like 13. I had always been a very like behaviorally challenged kid. I used to stay up until like 4 a.m. in third grade. So I'm like eight years old staying up till three or four in the morning, which was very different than the rest of my peers who are talking about how they had like stayed up that night until like 10 p.m. I was like, that's really weird. I haven't Mm -hmm. slept in a week. That kind of progressed. And, you know, as mentally ill things happen, I started coping with self-harm. I started using substances. And by the time I was 13, I actually got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And that happened after a really bad psychotic episode where I was like losing my mind a little. After that, I started like going into therapy. My parents really did a good job of assembling a team of therapists. They got me into treatment right away. They got me on meds and the meds worked out until they didn't. And then I went off them Mm -hmm. as it goes. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so 
Um, when that happened, the substance use kind of kicked up and that became a really big thing for me. I start, like I said, I was self-medicating. I used it to a lot to escape the reality of my situation. And it's really funny. I've written an article for Mad Happy before about cognitive dissonance that I had around that. It was because, really good. We'll link it. Yeah, we yeah. will. <laughs> In eighth grade, I was the first one who was like ready to unfriend somebody because they smoked weed. Mm -hmm. And then that summer, I dove into the deep end that like I didn't smoke weed until like maybe my 10th grade, but I was doing other things. Mm -hmm. And I got hospitalized a few times in high school. By the time I was 18, I was using very heavily opiates and opioids. I was self-medicating with the pills that I'd been prescribed for my like mental health conditions. My parents, they were in the middle of getting a divorce when I was 17, and that really kind of led up to me not having supervision. I had a lot of free time, not a lot of people looking out for me, and it got to the point where it was like, okay, sink or swim, you're 18 now. You're either going to hit rock bottom or you have to like pull yourself up. And so that's what I did. And that was a conversation with yeah. yourself that mm -hmm. you had at yeah. that time. Wow. Do you think you had to hit rock bottom to have that conversation? Totally. Or were you... Yeah. It yeah, was like, I, if I yeah. keep going down this path, I'm going to end up on the streets, dead or in jail. Mm -hmm. And I never want to do any mm -hmm. of those things. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I was like, all right, time to pick myself up. My mom had kicked me off her health insurance when I was 18. So my okay. therapist, he knew that, the, that my uh, coverage was ending. So he and my psychiatrist did their best to narrow down as many medications I was on. So I could learn how to manage my own symptoms without being medicated, without therapy, if I didn't get into Medi-Cal right away, and then I couldn't keep up with my meds. Mm -hmm. So that's what really helped is learning that self-management mm -hmm. and learning how to recognize what would trigger episodes for me. Cool. I started working at NAMI through volunteering because my mom was working there at the time. At the same age, no? Yeah, really 18. young, like 18, uh -huh. 19? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, wow. And I was volunteering a lot. I got invited to sit on a council where I got to use my lived experience to change policies in San Diego. I got to go to a conference, which was really cool because I was like 18. I don't know how to dress business casual. Yeah. Like I showed up, <laughs> I showed up in skinny jeans. Like. Of course you did. Ripped black yeah. skinny jeans. Uh -huh. yep. uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tight. It was really cool. Um, yeah. I learned a lot about human trafficking in San Diego, which became like yeah. a special interest. And so I started working with that population and then a position opened up at NAMI and I applied for it and got it, which was really cool. And so I started working with the high schoolers, um, sharing my story like I'm doing right now, talking to them about like how I had to pick myself up basically and start choosing mm -hmm. recovery. Give one sentence about CYFL just because yeah. it's such a unique program to explain. So CYFL was the program that I was initially working for at NAMI and it was a liaison, a community liaison program where we connected children between the ages of like prenatal to 24, their families in schools to like resources in the community whether that was like other mental health programs, like where Meadow used to work, if it was doing volunteer work like I had done beforehand, if they wanted to share their own stories and experiences, that's what CYFL did. I used to share with them like recovery is not a passive choice. It's something that you have to actively choose every single day. And that's yeah. like what my recovery was, is having to make that choice every single day. And then I'm 23 now. So I've been sober for almost six years in February, six years. Snaps. I don't know. It's been cool. I just got a new job where I'm working with the state now building uh, mental health interventions for students K through 12 all throughout the state, um, mostly focused here mm -hmm. in San Diego. Our line for Michaela always, I think it was Sam who first said this to me, like Michaela is scary smart. Like this, no, I mean, bitch is so fucking smart. And it's so cool how you within the same year took mm -hmm. all of your life experience and just dove into like being an advocate and service for other people in the same capacity. Like you, every time I'm reminded of your story, you blow my mind. Thanks. And I'm in love with you. I'm in love with you. No, I mean, Meadow hit the nail on the head. Like not only are you so fucking smart, but it's like your, your intelligence is so evenly distributed, which is very yeah. rare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you totally. have an incredibly high like IQ and EQ. And yes, you're 23 you. years old. You've been sober for six years. You picked yourself up by yourself, had mm -hmm. whatever that strength was or whatever higher power was that told you like this, it's now or never, sister. 
Like that mm-hmm. happened at 18 years old by yourself. Like, and then the way that you were able to like immediately jump into this mental health nonprofit work that you do totally. is to like be immediately helping other people and paying mm-hmm. it forward is just mm-hmm. this story became, I, is the most unique and like powerful thing ever. Yeah. It became a huge part of my recovery is helping others. Yeah. Cause it's like the same reason that like I have so many like animals is like, if I'm taking care of others, then I have to take care of myself. And yeah. so that was like a hack until it just became like second nature, like yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's unpack a little bit about your philosophy around substance use and healing too. Cause I, I know you and I talk about it personally fucking incessantly, but I yeah. want to have that conversation publicly. Cause every time I come to you with whether it's like a, a very unique or like sticky mental health question or even our spirituality shit, like you do such a good job of one, just like really embodying how healing isn't linear and two, Mm. really Mm -hmm. making healing accessible and like not one size fits all and being really gentle with how people can approach it. And like, you just always have such a unique perspective on it. And I feel like that also stems from you having to do it for your fucking self. Mm. Totally. Um, One of the things that like is a huge proponent of like harm reduction is individualized care. And so Mm. that's really fitting the recovery to the person. And I think that that kind of like stance applies to so many things in life. Like it's not shade, it's not black and white, it's shades of gray. Like nuance exists, nuance is important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And yeah, that's what's important for recovery and for like spirituality when we get into that. Trying to tailor it to you, leave what doesn't work. And it's, you can always go back to like your baseline as long as you can like find that. So like recovery, there's definitely been slip ups that I've had. There's been times where it's been really, really hard. And as long as I can go back to like that baseline and know that like a step back isn't going back to like me being what I was at 17 is Mm -hmm. a huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do we want to get into maybe just like saying that last sentence? Oh, sorry. Do you I, no, no, no. I was just probably felt like I was buffering. Because <laughs> like, she's a genius. She like every time she says something, you're like, God damn, it's so no, true. Because it's just Let's... so fucking applicable to all things. Sorry, before mm-hmm. this next question, like no, go ahead. understanding the concept that like just because you may take a step in the opposite direction of like where your initial goal is doesn't mean that you're going all the way back oh, to totally. step one. And even if you are in your head going back to step one, it's step, it's like step one a, like it still mm-hmm. looks slightly different. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. The hardest part of recovery was learning that there's never a time where you feel comfortable. Like mm-hmm. there's always that feeling of discomfort. I heard a quote once that was like, being in recovery from like substance use is having a leaky faucet just drip, 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 drip. Ooh, and, that's a good visual. Yeah. And it's really hard to like listen to that drip, but like some days it's easier than others just to put it out of your head. And yeah. you do that with, you know, the things that distract you, bringing in lots of music into your house, lots of laughter. Mm-hmm. So like surrounding yourself with the things that you love kind of muffles that incessant drip that's going on in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This is such a silly visual that came to my mind. But when you were talking about both of you, like the explanation of how healing isn't linear, have you watched um, The Good Place? Yeah. Yeah. You know how their <laughs> concept of time is called Jeremy Bear Me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're not going backwards. You're just like the part of the E or the J that like looks yeah. like it's going backwards, but it's part of the next flow. Like that's kind of what I thought. Of. I love so Jeremy Bear Me. Yeah. Jeremy totally. Bear Me. Wait. <laughs> I have a. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah. really keep interrupting Meadow, but I just have a question no, about what you just said before before we move. What you said about like bringing music into your house, bringing the things that you love. Mm-hmm. Can you speak a little bit to the positive side of distractions when it comes to substance use and Absolutely. Recovery? So there's a saying that idle hands are the devil's tools. And no. in early recovery, that was totally a huge thing. Like If I didn't have plans, I was sitting there thinking about where I could go get my next whatever I was Mm -hmm. using at the time. Mm -hmm. So having hobbies, having distractions, even if it was just like calling a friend, just Mm -hmm. to get something, your mind off something else was so important. I think that when you start not facing the fact of like why you are using is when those distractions might become harmful because like Mm. it's important that you're not escaping your substance use by using something else like don't don't use it as a crutch whatever right. those distractions are 
because then you'll just kind of slip into being like chronically online or not ever facing your problems. There's a reason everybody uses. How did you, what did that distinction feel like for you? Whether like in your body or like a sign of your behavior from this is a crutch to like, no, this is helping me do something else with my hands to replace a habit. Where do you draw that? It was when like, if I wasn't busy and I had time alone, if I just felt that overwhelming, like suffocation need Mm -hmm. to use, then Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm not dealing with my problems, I'm masking Mm, them. And whatever I was using at the time. um, So like a lot of the time it was work or being on calls with my friends, or I would replace other substances with others. And I'd be like, Oh, this is fine. Mm. But then I'm smoking weed until I'm like slumped on the couch for Mm -hmm. like four hours and nothing I needed to get done that day got done. Right. Totally. Yeah, totally. Because you mentioned harm reduction previously, I wanted you to give just like a sentence or two about because you're such a fucking to me, you are such a fucking expert in this. And also particularly like I know we've gone asked by the community before to specifically how harm reduction also and like this idea of individualized Mm -hmm. care and sobriety Mm -hmm. and recovery does not contribute to like placating usage or like contributing to usage later. We do get a lot of very confused by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Starting with the first half of that question, harm reduction is a set of principles dedicated towards reducing the harm of anything. So a lot of people just attribute it to drug use, but there's also harm reduction for self-harm. There's Mm -hmm. harm reduction for sex workers. There's Mm -hmm. harm reduction for um, eating disorders. There's so many principles or there's so many areas where harm reduction could be integrated into. And unfortunately, it's not. It's almost entirely associated with uh, substance use, but it's that reduction of harm for the person. Because I've had parents who are like, well, I'm just letting him use then. And it's like, well, you're giving your son or your daughter, whoever, one more chance to find recovery and to save their life. Like a clean needle is not a excuse for somebody to go use. It's a healthy way that they can use without putting themselves in danger for infections, for blood diseases, for anything like that. And ultimately, that's better for the person. Yeah, because they're that's the thing that is the biggest disconnect is mm-hmm. people are like, it's like what you're going to let someone die because they have a disease that makes them you like, that's the mm-hmm. thing that but I, I think f- people get is that they don't. But like, I think that what you just said, Michaela, is like such a poignant, like powerful way of saying that is you're giving Mm -hmm. them another opportunity to find recovery Mm -hmm. because you're giving them Mm -hmm. a longer lifespan. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. I talk about it to like when I'm at work with students or like in policy meetings, I learned how to use Narcan because one of the drugs I was using was heroin. I learned how to use Narcan when I was 15 on Tumblr. Damn. Wow. Yeah. And Dang. now they, first of all, back then it was an intramuscular thing, like an EpiPen yeah. and you yeah. got it into somebody's leg. Nowadays they have it like a little nose yeah. thing. What's it called? Like, like a nasal spray. It up the your spray. Nose. Yeah. yeah. The nasal, yeah. Spray. nasal spray. Yeah. And it's being taught in schools. You can get it from your community for free. Like back in the day, you had to go find prescriptions mm-hmm. and a lot and you of know doctors what's... didn't want to give it to you. And then Imagine. there's also awful people that Michaela and I will send to each other all the time of people trying to sell Narcan, which is so fucked up. We can't even get started. But if you ever see that online, know that you can get it for free through a community service and you should be and people should yeah. not be redistributing it for a profit. So don't if you ever see that, I don't want people to be confused that don't understand that. Yeah. yeah. If you're in California, there's a standing order for Narcan and you yeah. can go and get it for free. If you're in another state, you can go look up any harm reduction like coalition in your state and they'll give you a place to get Narcan. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's great, even if people don't have like a family member or friend in their life that has substance use issues, like mm-hmm. the amount of people and like lack of resources there are right now. And so we have a lot of people with substance use issues that are not housed or are out in our communities without protection, like even just having it on your person. Mm-hmm. It's just so mm-hmm. I mean, we know very personal examples of how that saved lives. Yeah, absolutely. What you just said is so true and important, like aside from just the Narcan conversation of like, even if you don't have personal experience or know people in your life that like are dealing with substance abuse or you're not personally dealing with it, it is a policy issue too. Mm -hmm. And so like Mm -hmm. that's, it it should inform the way that you're voting as well. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So like having these understandings because everything is politicized. So like having these understandings Mm -hmm. is extremely valuable and you don't know the lives that you could be saving. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things I, you guys might want to edit this out later because it gets political, but um, stay with your chest, girl. Pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, literally. So much is Gavin Newsom has talked about creating like safe using sites here in California. Yeah. And he recently decided to go against it because his political advisors mm-hmm. told him that when he runs her president, he doesn't want to be known as Governor Heroin. And it's like, yeah, why, why is that what he's going to be known for? Why can't it be like Governor saved the lives of millions Literally. because he created safe using sites for individuals? Like what? Yeah, because the thing I, is, like, ugh. again, we can edit this out if we choose to, but like. I don't want yeah. to. I love that opinion. But... <laughs> no, I agree. But it's right. also, like always. <laughs> it's a really unfortunate thing when you realize that I hate saying this like out loud because then I don't want people to be like, I don't want it to like give a voice to people who are like, well, then that's why I don't vote because my vote doesn't matter because that's the crap Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. But yeah. At, so not but. And it is a, an upsetting thing when you realize that like things are just boiled down mm-hmm. to politics and just mm-hmm. power. Yeah. And like a lot of people just don't care. And even if the mm-hmm. politician themselves has an agenda that like is actually going to help people, a lot of times the people around them, they're the ones that like are pushing the power yes. and the money and all mm-hmm. of that and are like, they don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. So they're going to yeah. advise them in a way that's better for their agenda, like, yeah. their political career. I think that's why I go back so much to like community care and community resources. Like you definitely vote, get out there, like your vote matters. But all and also... We love that invest you. in your communities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there, me and Meadow said, don't buy Narcan. But if you want to donate yes. to the people who are like the coalition so they can get more Narcan mm-hmm. and redistribute, or if you have the money to pay for the shipping, mm-hmm. because I have a friend, Nate, who yes. he passes out Narcan test strips. Yep. He tests, yeah, safe using like kits, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And he doesn't ask for money in return for mm-hmm. it. He just asked that if you have it, the money, pay the shipping mm-hmm. just so he can get it to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I was so grateful for NAMI and why you're so fucking knowledgeable at this too, is because NAMI was also one of the only mental health nonprofits I know that really focuses on legislature and changing le- legislature mm-hmm. and being involved yeah, in you the have political mentioned side that of it. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. Right, Michaela? Like they're one of the only ones that yeah. really ride for that in that way. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's so cool is it's been able to like really have you and I feel more empowered to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Can you speak, Michaela, a little bit to mm-hmm. how people can best support their friends and family if they're going through substance abuse issues? Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that, if you're the one that yeah. has a substance abuse issue, how can you best communicate it to the people that you trust and love? Oh, I love that. Yeah, totally. So for the first half of that, as a friend or family member, it's always good to check in with the people that you love. Um, if you notice that your friend is drinking alone or like finishing bags by himself like that's a sign that you should check in with your friend like hey I noticed that your substance use has changed a lot like I just want to check and see how you're doing are you okay do you know how to use safely like do you know do you have the resources you need to use safely because that can that conversation can save a life Mm -hmm. and then on the flip side if you are the person who has substance use issues I think one of the hardest things is reaching out And it sometimes has to start with a conversation with yourself, like being self-aware of how you're using. Is your substance use changing over time? Are you finding yourself triggered by something that happens, like you feel activated? And so then you go use that substance. And do you have a trusted person you can go to to talk about that? Because I know, like, I mean, not recently, but a few, I want to say last month, there was like, I got on a slippery soap for a bit and I went to Meadow. I was like, I need to be safer. (laughs) Like there's some weird things coming up and I need to really reevaluate myself and just having that person to check in with Mm -hmm. and having like a little accountability buddy Mm -hmm. helps a lot. Mm -hmm. And then being able to like figure out what kind of supports you need. I know when I get really bad, I need to go back to NA meetings Mm -hmm. and I have friends that I can go to NA meetings with. Mm My old therapist, I ghosted him, but he was really cool. I was, was, don't even get me started. (laughs) (laughs) I remember all of this. Don't even get me started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was great about, uh, he would help me go find meetings Mm -hmm. and he really helped. There's, if you go on like the websites for AA or NA, you can go and find a meeting that fits you, like your age range, your gender identity, whatever kind of beliefs you have. There's something out there. There's a group for it. And so like, he helped me find meetings that really tailored to who I am as Mm -hmm. a person. 
And so I would go down to like the beaches where we'd have bonfires and it would just be a whole bunch of like 18 to 25 year olds who would sit around a fire all night and just talk. And that was like my favorite sort of NA meeting to go to. And I would bring friends with me and they'd be there too. Can you bring friends that don't have experience with substance use to NA and AA meetings if you're going for the first time and like want to have a friend with you there? Yeah. Like, or like help them understand. Right. Yeah. So there's um, meetings that are open to the public. You have to check. You have to check and it'll say on the website if it's open or not. But if you are a family member Mm -hmm. or a friend of somebody with a substance use disorder, there's also this other meeting called Mm Al-Anon and it's for the individuals of, or like family members and loved ones of people who have substance use. And so you can go there because like there's a lot of trauma that comes from that. Oh, boy. And you can feel heard. Uh (laughs) You feel heard. You feel loved. You feel validated Mm -hmm. um, because as hard as it is to be the person with the substance use disorder, it's also hard for their loved ones. Yeah. And there's so Mm -hmm. many virtual ones. Like if you go, it is a little overwhelming to go to the website because a friend and I have been Mm -hmm. like, oh, let's go to a virtual one together because we don't live in the same place sometimes. And it it Mm -hmm. can get a little overwhelming because they have to so many options. So it's kind of like a good problem to have almost, you know, there's, there's definitely a meeting for everyone. There's so many. Yeah. There was one time where I woke up and I was like, I'm not feeling great. Like I, and it was so early. I wasn't going to find one here in California. So I found one in Ireland. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's fun. There's some really cool people in that one. I was like, could you understand them? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like listening to my grandpa. Oh my gosh because it's already been 40 minutes, I want to get a little bit into where the spirituality side of your healing came into play. Yeah. Because then we also got so many fucking good questions about kind of like the spirituality and healing stuff that we're going to zip on over to Patreon in a bit to talk about. But Mm -hmm. I want you to kind of intro like where that first came up for you, how you got Mm -hmm. into it. Like you are such a fucking wealth of knowledge when it comes to spirituality. It blows like the new book I have that I've been yelling about is because mm-hmm. Michaela gave it to me. Like you are my guiding light in this area. And I wanted to know how you first kind of like combined that with your healing. It's so funny because I grew up in an Irish Catholic family <gasps> and I went to Lutheran school and I had all this religious trauma that I was like a militant atheist. Oh boy, like were you? Yeah. Time yeah. Of like <laughs> nine to maybe like 20. Yeah. I was like, I was terrible what age did I meet and you again sorry like 19, 19 I think yeah, yeah 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 so you still met me when I was like yeah, yeah I did hmm. I was really I was such a menace I, <laughs> you still hmm. are a menace looking back <laughs> at like 19 year old me <laughs> or just any me during the teenage years was terrible <laughs> um but <laughs> when I was 20 right before I turned 21 is when the pandemic started mm-hmm. And that was a lot of time inside. That was a lot of time sitting with myself. And like, I've had family who's gotten like woo woo over the years. Mm -hmm. Like my mom for a while would yell at the ocean or like (laughs) yell at the sky. Yeah, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) my aunt, she's, she's a psychic, has her like past life oracle cards, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And so I started like reconnecting with the things that I grew up with and did like, I started really redefining spirituality for what I was comfortable with instead of what I was taught in the church, Mm -hmm. in any of the churches, any kind Mm -hmm. of organized religion. Mm -hmm. What were those first things? It was really getting in touch with like ancestor work Mm -hmm. and like looking at who my family was, where I came from, trying to find love for my family, even when there's lots of tension between us. Mm And that was a big part of it. And then I, I've always been into astrology since the time I was like 13. When I was hospitalized for the second time, I read a girl's chart for the first time. Uh, I had a huge crush on her. And I was <laughs> like, let me, like, let, me read your let chart. me read your chart. <laughs> I would. And, <laughs> I and wish. back then, <laughs> you know, I didn't know how to read charts. So I looked up like, I don't, I think it's Astro Cafe is the website that everybody uses. And I printed that out and I highlighted all the best bits and then I rewrote it. <laughs> I was going to say, you just yeah. made it all up. Yeah. yeah. Just plagiarized yeah shout out to thing. Haley. You're going to meet a really young girl with a name that starts with M and you're going to think uh-huh. she's so, you know, you're just like, <laughs> planting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was actually like getting in touch back with the things that I liked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So learning how to read tarot and getting in touch with my ancestors, 
really diving into astrology because I've loved astrology. That was like something that I always went back to. And then as I got more comfortable with the spirituality, like woo woo stuff, then I started actually going deeper into it and like thinking bigger about like higher powers and universes and alignments and trying to get comfortable with that side. Cause that's the where I always had like my hangups from like religious trauma. I was mm-hmm. like, eh, mm-hmm. I can do my tarot readings. I can't believe in the higher power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want to say over the past year, that's really changed. Past six months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You saw my. Instagram maybe six weeks ago I had a whole little religious identity crisis where I was like I'm gonna start a church I was actually gonna bring that up earlier when you were Mm -hmm. like oh when I was going through something and I could text Meadow Michaela and I were laughing so hard the other day because Michaela I'm gonna find a roundup and post on Instagram to advertise your episode of the most unhinged text messages that I get from Michaela out of the blue all the time and the she most said, I'm gonna start a church. Was, she ripped to everyone in her phone like I think I'm gonna start a church and just ripped it to everyone in her phone and posted it on her Instagram how everyone was like are you manic right now like do you need help what's going on oh my god and I saw that I saw- did you see that <laughs> and immediately me and Aaron's response was like yeah as long as you have like gospel choir we're down like I was like am I just yeah. placating your mania or do I actually know you well enough to know you're just fucking with me like I was just fucking with you I knew and yeah. I feel like the the church idea was because there wasn't a place, a community place where I could go and ask questions about religion or higher power without being ripped apart. Like, yeah, that's or fed like, like a, blah, blah, blah. fed an agenda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so in my head, starting my own church was a very practical thing <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> Listen, I would do, everyone... I'll join. I will join. Yeah, yeah, I identify. Yeah. Everything that you were just saying, I identify with Mm -hmm. so fucking deeply. Mm -hmm. Like literally Zoe and I were having this conversation the other day because I remember when I started dating him, like he like he prays over his food and like, Mm -hmm. you know, he has like some religious like tattoos and in my head and like this again, like if you're really religious, like I'm sorry, please don't take this personally. But I was like, oh, God, I can't date another like Mm -hmm. God fearing man. Do you know what I mean? Like I like Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. And then when I realized that, like, we've had the conversation a million times of, like, I'm spiritual and religious and I still had the issue with it. And I'm with you now where I'm, like, redefining Mm -hmm. my relationship Mm -hmm. with even saying God. Because I used Mm -hmm. to just be, like, universe, universe, universe. But now, like, I've been praying a lot. And, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I've been, like, praying to God and, like, believing in that. Mm -hmm. And I think having the distinction Mm -hmm. of, like, church and organized religion as, like, a man-made thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. that like a lot of it and like I grew up going to like Catholic church and mm-hmm. then I went to an Episcopalian school and that was different like we had a gay priest it was it was different but like seeing that and it being like very fear-based and then being like oh like all of the issues that I have with that is all from like organized religion mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, it's from the organization mm-hmm. and it's about mm-hmm. having your own relationship with God or what the universe or whatever it is that you believe in it's like having mm-hmm. your own yeah. so I really identify with what you're saying so like Find me yeah. the fuck up. <laughs> Michaela can be my cult leader. No, literally. We will all join. That's what I'm saying. We'll join Michaela's gospel. We are all joining. Yeah. Gabby, what might be fun for you is like tacking it on together. Cause recently I, I pray before I go to bed too. And how I do it is I say, like, to God, universe, my guardian angels, the angels of light, dad. <laughs> yeah, that's and what I do. I, like my, my ancestors. <laughs> I like say them all at once. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, like, I do. Tacking the same thing. it on together mm-hmm. to like address mm-hmm. it all together. It's kind of nicer mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I've been doing, I've been doing that. So I'm glad you do that too. But this Mm -hmm. is, this is another thing that I think Michaela always has such a cool like perspective on. Like it reminds me of Dr. Michelle's episode, Gabby, and how Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of different facets where we talk about mind, body, soul healing and a lot of different facets. Like acupuncture is kind of the first one that maybe is like a little more accepted with that type of thing. But then when we Mm. get into more of our spiritual shit or sometimes manifestation or past lives Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff, it's Mm -hmm. so woo woo. And it's, that soul aspect of the mind, body, soul still has such weird connotations where, you know me, I fucking am the one screaming about how I think it's the future of mental health. But so, <laughs> Michaela, I always think you have such a beautiful way of like kind of combining the two and making it seem mm-hmm. like I'm trying to say basically like, how do we get the fucking stigma away from the spirituality side of things? <laughs> like, how do you get people to understand that the soul part is just as important for your mental health? Yes, I think. Oh, that's hard. You know, so I was yeah. one of those people who would always erase the soul part. Like yeah. I would take care of my mind. I would take care of my body. I would take care of my spirit soul. Yeah. I would just leave her in. Yeah. And for a while, um, I would get the high priestess reversed in all Whoa. of my tarot readings. 
And that's always a card that's like a sign of like, hey, you need to listen to your intuition. Like, stop ignoring her, you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> grabbing you by the face, shaking you. Yeah. And it was when that like that card started following me in my tarot readings. I was like, okay, let me start like doing like taking care of it. And there's such a long history of spirituality being part of self-care for millennium, like for centuries. Mm -hmm. It's been part of cultures everywhere. There's science that backs it. Like even in astrology, there's a book where the guy, he doesn't talk about the signs at all. He just talks about the planets mm. and he uh, looks at like the times in history, like major conflicts, like the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, Spartacus and it like aligns with things that were going on in the sky and so there's that concept of like as above so below the mm. macro and the micro and that's something that's like was my introduction to start taking care of your soul as part of your self-care and it's been hard it definitely is one of those things I still forget about sometimes but like yeah. doing what we were talking about mindfulness being comfortable with it like sitting in the present is one of the things that I've started doing to kind of take care of that aspect mm -hmm. of my self-care. Mm -hmm. So how I'm do still you, trying to figure that out. How do you not get lost in like specifically with tarot? Because I know we'll answer these questions mm -hmm. in the second part of this, of our little interview, but yeah, how do you, uh, this is a selfish question because I know that like I was at a point in my life, I don't know, like a year ago where I was really lost in terms of like, just a lot of things that I was feeling in my interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. And I was really leaning into that YouTube tarot life to the point that it was like <laughs> obsessive. I remember and that. Yeah. I, was I feel real, like I fed into that a little bit. Yeah. It was really obsessive and it was really bad. And it was like, I would, uh -huh. I, and I know that it fed into like control stuff. So before going off on a long mm -hmm. tangent, like what are your thoughts on how to like spot when we're like leaning too much into our spirituality in a way that is like we're a trying to control an outcome and b like are obsessed with like the concept of like knowing the future finding answers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and finding answers and like That's having such certainty. a good question gabby yeah mm -hmm. yeah thanks so with youtube and tiktok tarot readings mm -hmm. There's always that algorithm that's part of it too. Mm. So you start looking for questions, they're going to give you the answers you're looking for, or like just focus like relationship readings. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the person who's talking bad about you behind your back is like an older female in your life. And you're like, oh, it's probably my big sister, mm -hmm. that bitch, like blah, blah, yeah. blah. So there's that algorithm is part of it. And so for that, I always say, do your own readings. Tarot mm -hmm. is one part, like your own, like the cards have their own meanings, but it's also your interpretation. Mm -hmm. So you can totally take what like resonates. And it's kind of like your subconscious is giving you yes. the answers yeah. and helping you work through that stuff. And then there's also a limit to what spirituality and like divination, like astrology or tarot or tea leaves can tell you. It's like you can't know if you're going to get that job in the next month or if you need to break up with your partner. It's going to tell you like, hey, there's going to be like some changes in your life in the next few months. Mm -hmm. um, and they can be very abundant. And that could mean a new job that could mean you break up with your partner and you find a new group of friends mm -hmm. that just like bring so much goodness into your life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's always good to kind of acknowledge the questions you're asking. What are they like, can tarot actually answer that? Or can divination actually like give you guidance, mm -hmm. keep them broad. And then if you really find yourself leaning on spirituality too heavily, just cut back, go back to like the very sciencey part of your brain. That's like, I'm just going to talk to my therapist or talk to my friends and get like feedback from them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely take breaks. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have so I many that. other questions. Yeah. I know. Well, I, we got to go to Patreon to answer them because there's go so Patreon. many good ones that kind of like get into this too mm -hmm. in this tarot, but yeah. I want to one, tell everyone besides that we're going to answer all your questions about this stuff on Patreon. Michaela has so lovingly offered because I asked her to, <laughs> to come on yeah. Patreon and do like mental health style tarot readings for us in our community. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start offering those, but also I don't know how busy you are, Michaela, but to pimp you out a little bit, What's up? if anyone wants 
like their chart read or anyone wants like a virtual tarot session with someone like Michaela, who has so much mental health knowledge, professional knowledge, like takes such a lens of spirituality with kind of these little reminders of self-care. Cause I think I love what you said. It's kind of how I think about the moon too. Whenever we do mm-hmm. those moon prompts, rather than being like, Oh yeah, you're going to go through the breakup. It's like, Oh, if there's a lot of changes coming up, maybe then it, it's a reminder to you. What do I need to do to feel yeah. comfortable through change? Cause that's part like all, you just mm-hmm. kind of interpret them as these little mental health self care reminders. And you always do such a good job yeah. of that. So if anyone is like interested in this kind of guidance, but wants to do it with someone that's safe and so the most trauma informed bitch there is, <laughs> please hit up Michaela. Can Michaela. I offer that though? Do you have time? <laughs> Yeah, I have time. Okay, cool. DM me. DM Michaela. <laughs> we'll link all her things, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go answer these questions. I'm dying to. Sorry, I'm okay. like, I literally I'm was excited. like, is someone breaking into my apartment? Oh, are they? Are they? No, it's my neighbors. <laughs> cool. Cool, 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 cool. I heard like cheese, like I heard like a lock jingling and I was like, not mine. Huh. <laughs> well, okay, we'll find Michaela, out. We'll them. breaking in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. everybody go, go. Let me pull the cards. Yeah. <laughs> go to, literally. <laughs> lock your door um okay everybody go to our go to our patreon because we're gonna upload parts one and two on the same day question mark sure yeah 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 okay so if not patreon would go up first so by the time you're hearing this go to patreon part two is already there yeah Mm -hmm. great all right Cool. Thanks for listening. Michaela, thank you for coming on. It's been so fun. I'm so so excited. I love you guys. You're going to have to come back, obviously. Especially after our secret project. We're going to have to talk, unpack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about all the tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the craziness you guys What it's like (laughs) to work with these two knuckles Mm as the best time in your life, huh? Yeah. (laughs) You guys are fun to work with. You guys are easy. All right. We love you. (laughs) Love you. Love you guys. Bye. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV Familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.